trauma to me is anything, just anything that is coming at you too fast, too much, and or without adequate support. What I'm learning now and practicing is that um, that comes with a thwarted response to trauma in a person's body. So let's talk about physical trauma. If a person, if I get into a car accident, um, maybe I brace myself right before and try to protect myself uh, from an impact. And usually it's the force is too much, right, and too fast. And uh, hopefully enough support for me, adequate support, so that I don't get into a serious injury. But sometimes I I might. And uh, this bracing and or maybe holding my hand out or arm out to protect myself might not be enough. And that's a sort of thwarted um, response and I failed to protect myself. And then I get a trauma. Beyond the physical trauma, it's also sort of, a, this is a way for the muscles and joints to hold on to an incomplete movement, right, of a bracing, of protecting myself. And now I might be, um, I might be holding that incomplete action inside me throughout uh, my recovery time, maybe even months, maybe even years later, I still have this um, tight shoulder or um, wrist pain that never seemed to go away. Welcome to the Capital Integrative Health Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Andrew Wong, and we are excited to be joined by Dr. Yang Yi Chen. Today, we are going to discuss the fascinating topic of muscle memory and how we can unlock the connection between our mind and body using muscle memory. Dr. Yang Yi Chen is an acupuncturist who is at Capital Integrative Health that enjoys working with his patients to find their spark to thrive, practicing individually customized care for pains, sleep, stress, and trauma resiliency. He also incorporates touch-based treatments developed from polyvagal theory to help people get unstuck and more like themselves again. If you've ever wondered why you have certain emotional reactions or how to improve your overall well-being, this is an episode you won't want to miss. Welcome Dr. Yang Yi Chen to the Capital Integrative Health Podcast. We're so excited to have you here today to discuss muscle memories and emotions as bridges between the mind and body. Hi, Dr. Wang. I'm glad to be here. So glad you're here and so glad you've joined CIH. Yes. Let's talk about, um, before we dive in here, Yang Yi, can you tell our audience a bit about the work that you do and what drew you to become an acupuncturist? Yeah, so as a, even as a kid, I've been very curious about how things work, how nature works. It's so beautiful, how um, I just wanted to know everything and, and learn everything, um, maybe like a very curious child. And that I felt um, it's pretty important to hold on to and keep asking and keep being curious. And actually, that's what's been driving me to throughout adulthood too, to 
wonder and think and make connections and uh, learn from uh, other people as well as maybe at some point listen to what um, myself has to say through experiences yeah. as well. Yeah, there was a wise person that, that has said probably many times throughout the centuries about um, the open mind, how, how you know, we need to have an open mind to, to learn new things. It kind of makes some intuitive sense. It sounds pretty obvious, but mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times what happens is we kind of get stuck in a labyrinth, so to speak, or like a little box. Like, okay, this mm-hmm. is the box of knowledge that we know. This is the box of knowledge that we don't know, and maybe we don't want to learn about it. But I think curiosity, like you said, is a really key element mm-hmm. of you know being an integrative healing profession like acupuncture and, and Chinese medicine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to. Um, I so I used to work in a biology laboratory uh, at, at one time, and it was very rigorous and it was very rewarding and interesting. And then I was thinking, uh, st- thinking to myself. There's more. There's more to life in general. There's more to ways I can help people, um, and um, I feel like I wanted to do more. I see what's what else is out there, and see how how I can help people more directly because that that's part of what I feel like um, makes sense. Yeah. Now, as an acupuncturist, Dr. Yang Yi, and as a doctor of oriental medicine, what mm-hmm. conditions do you work with the most? What do you enjoy working with the most? What I feel uh, very rewarding and also what I like to work with is to help people get back in touch with uh, their bodily sensations in a way so that it's not um, threatening or uncomfortable or um, tiring. I would like to help people get back in touch with how um, they are the um, they are in charge of their uh, health and body and um, start to make sense of things happening and and that will help people transform. Thank you. And um, let's get into the topic of muscle memories and emotions as bridges between the mind and body. So many people that we see are, and and I think this is the way society is kind of going, is, you know, there's some disconnection Mm -hmm. between mind and body. And, you know, we might not be fully in our bodies. We might not be fully present all the time. So at least when I think about muscle memory, I'm usually thinking about, like, physicality and you know, let's say I'm working on my basketball foul shot and like mm-hmm. if I keep on practicing it 10 times, 50 times, 100 times, I'll get more muscle memory for that shot. You know, mm-hmm, so I can, mm-hmm. can kind of do this and make more swishes and things. So mm-hmm. is that what muscle memory is? Or are we talking about? Um, so muscle memory is a way to help us go through life with a really good coordination, um, with fast coordination. And it's a sort of a distributed intelligence. Um, we coordinate movements not just f- with our brains, but there are ganglions along the spine as well to um, have reflexive um, movements. And 
so you you learn these um, tests where you hit the kneecap to make sure the person has a good reflex uh, as a part of physical checkup and such. So that's just one obvious uh, test for reflexes. There are many more reflexes uh, body um, does, body has, that are more minute. And that's an example of this kind of distributed intelligence that we have um, to move through a physical world with coordination because we we can't really go about our life lives um, thinking about okay here's these 13 muscles 14 muscles mm-hmm. to how move. do I move them? how do I move right, right. even just picking up a pen picking up something it's so many movements uh, if we operate like uh, machines to do that it's it's a lot of uh, thinking. It's a lot of attention. So the muscle memories take care of that, mm-hmm. most of that for us. And it sounds like there's the brain that, mm. that stores some of the memory for how the muscles move, but also the muscles themselves. I know there's different like slow twitch fibers, fast twitch fibers, there's mm-hmm. different types of muscles. And then I guess mm-hmm. the muscle also is connected to the fascia, to the soft yeah. tissue. So we can almost call it the neuro muscular system or even the neuromuscular fascial system you know we can like add on and make it like the longest word in dictionary kind of thing (laughs) um you know let's talk about hyphen everything how do how do emotions bridge between the mind and body so you know in other words how are emotions kind of transmitted and and stored in the muscle so emotions inform the context of what we're doing right now or where we are at and in a way that helps us uh, coordinate our body postures, uh, preparing us to feel, anticipate our bodies to uh, do certain things. Um, for example, very basically, we're sitting here, I'm chatting with you, mm-hmm. and so my emotion is sort of like a um, curiosity and and um, engagement with you. So that already informs, that kind of information um, as a form of uh, emotion informs my body, okay, here's, uh, I'm gonna be talking a lot, I'm gonna be uh, looking at you, I'm going to be thinking a lot and gesturing. So Mm -hmm. probably that emotion will help me loosen up my face because I'm emoting, right? And that w- emotion will also inform me to be more expressive and looser with my hands. I, I talk with my hands sometimes. Yeah. So, and shoulders and arms. So that's a difference uh, that the emotion would inform me. Yeah. Whereas I, if I'm doing something else, if I'm going for a jog or something, maybe I'm not paying more attention uh, up here because I feel like uh, the emotion of, um, yes, I get to go jog and and explore the trails. I like to jog uh, in the nature, so. Yeah, good, good, mm-hmm. good that there's a lot of nature around here. So is it true, Yang Yi, that really um, we can influence our emotions if we're mindful of them? 
and and then the emotions will then influence the muscle memory and the the activity of the muscles and how things are expressed in the body. In my practice, um, many people come in about uh, neck pain, and at the same time, um, uh, sleep issues. Hmm. And so here's a good example of of this: is that um, throughout our day, most of the time we're either sitting up, standing up, um, or just up in general. Okay. Our neck needs to hold our head up, right? And when we get used to that a lot, um, neck might be doing that when we're trying to sleep. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the neck could be, the, the muscles and such in the neck could be uh, still th feeling like or anticipating we're going to be uh, upright. Yeah. And so in that situation, it would be bad for a person to fall asleep because they'll fall down and, and, and uh, injure themselves. So it's a sort of a um, way for your body to say, hey, let's, let's keep you awake because otherwise you might injure yourself. And there's a discrepancy, right, because between the information your body is anticipating see, yeah. is holding and anticipating yeah. versus so, so the next literally mm -hmm. trying to sorry the next literally trying to hold the head up mm -hmm. even when we're trying to sleep if it's been mm -hmm. holding the head up all day that i think it's 12 or 13 pounds mm -hmm. of head you know and i i think i was reading one time it's almost like compared to a bowling ball like if you've ever mm -hmm. right it's like a the neck is like uh the base of the bowling ball that's know, right in a way yeah um we have big heads Mine, it's very big. I have extra large, extra large, extra large, extra large size. Yangi's head, All right? <laughs> it's well, very heavy. Either way, well, maybe it's 12, 13, 16 pounds. Who knows? You know? <laughs> <laughs> but if yeah. it's trying to hold mm -hmm. that ball for mm -hmm. a while, how do we desensitize or relax the neck mm. so that that we can kind of get into a more you know relaxed mode um, so that we can sleep better? Yeah. So. We're doing a lot of extra things with our neck other than just holding. I think that's part of it. Um, because we're reading a lot of things on screen a lot, mm, okay. um, that means we're also wanting to stabilize our vision so that we can see as steadily as possible. So there's a, some extra, extra um, work that goes into there. On top of that, when our mind is thinking about some difficult things, it's uh, troubleshooting, is um, doing our jobs to mm -hmm. um, uh, read things abstract, mm -hmm. just thinking abstract things. We never think. We never think about difficult things <laughs> <laughs> here, right? So, so it's like the neck is tense or trying yeah. to hold everything together physically, mentally, yeah. emotionally. Yeah. Then it gets tight, and then it might stay tight at night when you're trying to lay down to sleep. Exactly. Even if you're wanting yeah. to let it relax. Yeah, even okay. if you want to relax. Um, yeah, it, it could be as simple as the person wants to uh, keep 
in their mind about what's happening, what's, what they're going to do tomorrow and, you know, that kind of stuff. Even that will help, well, even that will change how tight the muscle is in the, uh, in the neck. I don't know if I've ever examined anyone last 10 years that didn't have a tight neck mm. and upper trapezius and yeah. upper back muscles. I mean, everyone is tight now. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the um, pandemic shift to screen. Mm-hmm. A lot of Zoom, a lot of screen. Has bumped up, up really high, right? And mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, So what are some ways that we can change these responses you know how can we change these kind of it sounds like built-in seemingly short-term you know helpful responses but then long-term they're not that helpful for for our health for for the for the muscles to to, to be i mean for the muscles to be uh, a little bit more more balanced there yeah so it really comes to the awareness um, of these places sometimes we get really tired because at these um, places um, and then we push through and in that pushing through um, that means we're ignoring some signals so sometimes it's pretty useful to push through these things. Sometimes it's useful that we keep these emotional postures, Mm -hmm. these physical postures that um, when it serves, when we are doing something and we got to follow through with that. Yeah. I mean, any perceived need to do that, um, well, can override these kind of uh, information coming at you saying, we're holding this too tight. We're clenching our jaws too tight. Yeah. Or um, we're um, holding our lower back too tight. Um, that's okay. You know, we got to go through life, right? Yeah. And yeah, yeah. sometimes we got to um, do stuff that's challenging. And the key you were talking about is the short term, having these be short term. Um, so we talk about uh, long-term stress versus short-term stress. This is uh, the physical um, part of that. Okay. Um, sh- short-term stress can be useful, but if it's chronic long-term, then it can have negative uh, impacts, and it's the same for the muscle tension. Got it. So to, to parallel and reiterate what you just said, uh, short-term mental stress where you kind of have to get up and go kind of do things get activated it's parallel to the the muscle the short-term muscle tension or the muscle kind of positioning that you might have to do to to you know um, be alert and do things that in the environment in your environment that you're you're in to get stuff done or to to deal with whatever needs to be dealt with and then long-term we want to maybe um balance that out let the let the muscles let the mind and let the muscles both recover and rejuvenate yeah yeah exactly um what i say is important is to uh, make time during a day check in with yourself it could be sort of a 
meditation time, uh, if you pray prayer time, uh, it could be relaxation time, and it could be a walk, taking a walk time. And it could even be um, lunch time or meal time. Uh, it doesn't have to be, you know, an hour long thing. It can be a few minutes. It's sort of a mindfulness to check in. And, and here's the thing. Here's the important thing to say, to declare for, for yourself that this is a safe time for me to do this. Mm. This is a safe time and space for me to check in with myself. That's really important. If you don't say that, or if we don't say that, this is a safe time to check in with yourself, what happens in the body if, yeah. if we don't say that? Yeah. So especially when we're trying to do things and get things done, mm -hmm. yeah, and not paying attention uh, to any to some of these things we're holding on to, then they stay there and so you the goal for these little pauses during the day to check in has to be for the purpose of checking in not for the purpose of let me get this other thing done yeah yeah right? that's huge i mean i think the way our society is being dominated by left brain intellectual like you said even when we try to build on these breaks, like even if doing a yoga break or breathing break, it's like, oh, I got to get five minutes in or I got to do it this way. So the left brain's still trying to steer it as opposed to, like you said, just be just for the sake of being and let the kind of the right brain kind of come into place, let the holistic aspects of, of you know, that person's innate nature so that healing can happen from, from the inside out. It sounds like creating a safe space, partly when you're saying that verbally is you're giving your body it sounds like a chance or some margin for just to be rather than kind of doing all the time or thinking all the time yeah yeah so I say it's essential to define a time and space it doesn't have to be permanent right it for the next three minutes for the next three breaths mm -hmm. I take I'm going to check in with myself and I'm going to acknowledge that if I'm holding on to emotion, if I'm holding on to tension that might be associated with it, to say that, thank you for informing me. Yeah. Thank you for being there. Do I need this now? Can I process this and let go? Maybe you can't. Maybe you can. And see if uh, there are some parts of that you can let go uh, because it's not relevant anymore or you got to process that. So uh, we will get into some practices in, in just a minute. But first, uh, how does this translate into chronic diseases? So if someone has muscle memory imbalance and, and is not really dealing with this in a, in a sort of sustained way, how could this translate into the risk of chronic diseases or chronic imbalance states? Yeah, so just as we were talking about the, uh, how short-term stress can be pretty useful, but long-term stress will be, it's pretty 
uh, bad for health. Like um, it, it, um, it's the same for the physical aspect as well. Um, like the chronic stress will have low lower immunity or for sure yeah more pain, more pain and that kind of stuff so um it will change a person's posture not for the maybe not for the better maybe for worse it might be so if one place or a set of certain muscles are holding on and the person override that uh, tension and tiredness and say, no, 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 I, I really need to do this. I need to keep doing this and forget that it's there. And it's tight 24-7 for the next you know, month uh, or years. Then everything else needs to work around that. When the person uh, loses that ability to say, okay, let's, let's uh, loosen up now, or now I need it to be tight, let's tighten up. If the person loses that ability for some of the muscles, then every other muscles and also joints need to work around that. So that might show up you know, in, in changes in postures, um, that might show up down the road as in joint inflammation, chronic joint inflammation. And, yeah. that kind of things so um at some point i would like to talk about the trauma um just dive in okay yeah because um we're talking about the um, like uh, chronic tension and chronic pain and it can relate to trauma trauma to me is anything just anything that is coming at you too fast too much and or without adequate support. What I'm learning now and practicing is that um, that comes with a thwarted response to trauma. What does that in mean? In a person's body. Okay. So let's talk about physical trauma. If a person, if I get into a car accident, um, maybe I brace myself right before and try to protect myself uh, from an impact. And usually it, 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 it's, the force is too much right, and too fast. And uh, hopefully enough support for me, adequate support, so that I don't get into a serious injury. But sometimes I, I might. And uh, this bracing and or maybe holding my hand out or arm out mm. to protect myself might not be enough. And that's a sort of thwarted um, response. And I failed to protect myself. And then I get a trauma. Beyond the physical trauma, it's also sort of a, this is a way for the muscles and joints to hold on to an incomplete movement, right, of a bracing, yeah. of protecting myself. And now I might, be, um, I might be holding that incomplete action inside me throughout uh, my recovery time, maybe even months, maybe even years later, I still have this 
um, tight shoulder or um, wrist pain that never seemed to go away. And, and even if the x-rays are negative, the MRIs are negative, it sounds like the force can be transmitted to those areas that kind of overcame your, you know, trying to protect yourself that then create the energetic and or structural imbalance that, that then will be manifest maybe down the line as pain or as some sort of some sort of dysfunction. Itself, yeah, right? yeah. So it's a way to inform, uh, going back, it's a inform what the context your body is in. And there was a really unexpected um, change to your to your um, surrounding your context where you had to protect yourself and so it's to your emotional your neurological your body mechanic uh, physiomechanical system it's a major adjustment like I need to change really quickly really fast in order to adjust to this sudden change in my in my world and so your body could be f perceiving like I have orient reoriented myself to this new threat hmm. and that's a physical trauma to the nervous system yeah that, that can be a physical can be yeah that can be manifesting physically now you, we know that um, pains and such and and also emotions can do very similar things, hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, by pain, I mean not even like physical pain, emotional pains, yeah, that yeah. kind of things. And the body reacts in a similar way to if someone had an yeah. accident or had some sort of physical trauma, yeah. it's yeah. still going to be manifested. Physical trauma, interpersonal trauma, mm -hmm. um, any time a person felt violated, yeah. threatened, they have to reorient and protect themselves right yeah. uh, reflexively and and that's that's a natural part of the human condition to want to yeah. protect ourselves but it sounds like after a point it becomes not functional it becomes not advantageous for us to always be in that kind of turtle shell all the time right because sometimes we carry around that kind of um incomplete responses mm -hmm. those reorientation to what the changes are like we're still not sh sometimes we're still not sure when it's over yeah right? we might think it's our body we we may think we think it's over but then it's not over the body is telling us it's not over that's the message it's sending yeah. to the the muscle memory exactly okay exactly kind of be prepared you know mm -hmm. always in that fight or flight mode you know kind of thing right what practices young you do recommend for patients to work on on these responses and think specifically what are the most important lifestyle practices you rec recommend to people do, that people do regularly whether it's weekly or daily to work on their awareness of emotions and the connection between mind body and specifically muscle yeah, so I would say primacy of uh, checking in with your sensory systems. Okay. Um, the awesome thing about this is that we have some say in these things, but 
that takes some um, attention, that takes some time, and that takes some um, concentration. It's not hard exactly, but it's going it's going to be a thing that you do instead of um, instead of some some automated thing. So it needs yeah. it it calls on your I would say curiosity in um, and also in um, claiming that you're you deserve it. You hmm. you deserve a pause or a moment, one breath, two nice. breaths, three minutes, one minute, however long that you have to say, I deserve checking in and um, start, um, I would say, moving in a curious way <laughs> with curiosity and moving fluidly and a little bit slowly in a curious way so that you get to check in with your perception so that you're feeling like, okay, I, I think I'm moving like this. How does that feel? Do I, does it feel tight, smooth, a little bit challenging, a little bit unexpected? Am I moving in a way that, uh, I need to um, shift my weight that I didn't notice before. So it's kind of granular, right? It, it's yeah. these kind of things we maybe take for um, being automated and doesn't really register. I would say to check in and yeah. uh, see what they feel like and notice any sensations and Okay, so we're going from automatic to manual transmission. That sounds like a good thing. <laughs> you know what is funny when you're talking, it kind of, I don't know why this popped in my head, but um, that movie Alice in Wonderland and the Cheshire Cat. Mm. Have you ever seen that movie? Yes, yes. How the, the, the cat is very, like, smiley, smiley, and it's, like, moving in the tree, but it's it's very subtle. So there's a lot of movement going on, but it, but it's very curious kind of animal. And I think this curiosity that you're mentioning, Yang Yi, requires it sounds like a lot of compassion for ourselves it's not it's not just like about um like we have a task or you know we have something we have to do it's more just about being like you said and and being compassionate with ourselves and that we are worth it to you know take some breaks from from you know even like messages and like work that we have to do so another kind of funny thing is like you know instead of checking messages we check our muscles yes exactly um that reminds me of uh imagery I have of um, patients coming in, especially with tight muscles and and this kind of pain and such, what I see is kind of a person plastered head to toe with post-it notes, okay. right? All, all this tension, they might mean something. It's sort of an information that they're holding onto. And it, to me, the, a good analogy, it's like, person's covered it with post-it notes and they're not getting uh, letting themselves maybe uh, look at what does this mean do I really need this and uh, maybe I can release some of it mm -hmm. you know 
um, it be stops becoming informative and useful when it, one is on top of another and everything is covered. Some are some post-it notes are from years ago. You know, doesn't make okay. any sense anymore. Okay. That see. kind of stuff. What What is your mm. general um, kind of practical tips for people that are listening out there to to check in with their bodies, with their muscles? Is it Is it something where they're kind of doing some meditation upright? Are they laying down? Are they mm. Are they more like doing like a body scan to check the muscles, or are they actually moving in a certain way, like a, almost like a tai chi or something? Or what What do you recommend? there for um, checking in with the muscles yeah so different things will work for a different person and the important part is the smooth movement and the curiosity okay so maybe something you not do usually or okay. not all the time and so it becomes its own thing. So they're moving. They're, they're doing I would, some movement. I would say some movement okay. and maybe stretching involved. Maybe um, holding those stretches involved. Um, yes, and maybe um, taking down the um, what's at stake. By that I mean if you feel kind of embarrassed uh, of not doing yoga properly, for example, if you're embarrassed about um, dancing, mm -hmm. for example, in front of people. Fancy or... sweatpants are not required for <laughs> right. this. Okay, right. that's good to know. Um, you can definitely get some of this release, this kind of checking in and then release from dancing, from yoga, from Tai Chi, from Qigong, um, from martial arts, from taking a walk, from, um, from meditation, from moving meditation, from uh, rest meditation, um, mindfulness meditation. So, can happen in many ways and the key I would say is to to be fully um, checking in with your body instead of thinking about something else because it's, this yeah. if, yes, if, yes because this takes a most of um, your whole person to 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 process this kind yeah. of that, yeah. that sounds like the key point is is not thinking of something else doing it for the sake of checking in with yourself because you're worth that full attention as opposed to it being for a certain task or some, or, or maybe thinking of something else while you're trying to move and yeah, I got to get my exercise in. So then, <laughs> but then, you know, just, just checking it off in a box. We're not talking about that. We're talking about really checking in with yourself in a deep way. Yeah. Yeah. So you can definitely follow a, um, teacher, an instructor, a, even music, if it helps, uh, though it's very important also to listen to yourself because that's what, um, that's the beginning and maybe the whole um, point of um, this activity I'm describing is to check in with yourself, even a, 
even an instructor would not know exactly what's going on, exactly the combinations of tensions or emotions or um, context that you feel you are in or you're having. So that is, um, you are the most uh, informed person for that. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, and this is not planned, but you know a lot of the things in the podcast are not planned. If you could lead the listeners through some maybe brief one, two minute kind of check in with the muscles, because right now we're uh, taping this podcast here, Yang Yi, you and I, we're not on the cell phones, we're on the screen. We have a nice opportunity to check in with our muscles right now. Let's do it. All right. Okay. Yeah. So wherever you are, um, find a position that um, feels like you can be for a, f- a few moments, maybe a minute or so. Um, if you're driving, maybe <laughs> pull on the uh, pull aside and um, just be safe out there. Right. Okay. Just be safe. Yeah. And um, take some moments to feel the surfaces that you're touching, you're resting on. If you're sitting, maybe you're sitting on a chair or something. And uh, feel the weight of your body being held up. And Just really check in with that. Kind of feel its stability and then be aware that you are here right now, right? We are, we're doing something a little bit before, but right now we're sitting, or I'm sitting. You are at rest right now. And tune into some parts of your body. Let's say your right shoulder. Somewhere kind of neutral. Doesn't have to be the right shoulder. And feel the sensations and identify them. We can even go to the skin of the right shoulder. Does it feel like, um, what's the temperature? Is there a sleeve of fabric there? Maybe when you are breathing, Maybe the fabric shifts just a little bit. And is there some sort of uh, feeling about a uh, some tension or a posture that I feel that you feel like it's important to hold? Is there like a one position that you feel like it needs to be? And be curious about is that is does that need to be like that? What else can be? What what else can it be? Like maybe you you're noticing some new sensations. 
oh yeah, I didn't know I was holding some tightness here. Oh yeah, I didn't know I, my shoulders were out in front. I, it doesn't have to, I guess. Yeah, so this kind of checking in, kind of slow, right? Even one part of your body might take some time. And I advocate that um, you deserve it. You deserve some attention and time to check in. I love that. Thank you for leading us through that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's kind of talk about um, our closing questions here. Thank you so much, Yangi, for coming on today and talking about muscle memory and emotions. And that was great to you know really experience that as well. Um, and and like you said, we do uh, deserve this. You know, to make time for ourselves, to make uh, time to attend to our physique, uh, physio- physiology, I would say, not necessarily physique, but physiology, and, uh, and, and muscles is a big part of that, you know, obviously muscles kind of, um, houses a lot of the, the, the nerves that kind of run through, and that are connected to the brain, which is going to be influencing all parts of our, of our system, really. And part of our mission here at CIH is making, integrative healthcare more accessible and focusing on on small things or small steps we can do to improve our health. So uh, we just thought we would ask, uh, we ask this to all of our guests here. What is one thing under $20 that you feel has has transformed your health? I would say find ways to massage your um, your forearms. Find ways to massage your forearms. Doesn't even have to mean a little gadget just for forearm. Um, you know, it, it's it's sort of uh, it can be really satisfying. It's, this reminds me of like a, a bear uh, scratching their back on a tree and such. Um, yeah, massage your forearms. Um, I call these muscles, especially on the outside of the forearm, like uh-huh. um, they ha- have the extensors of the fingers. Yeah. And we don't feel much, usually we don't feel much uh, tension there until you start massaging. I oh, call these places uh-huh. the browser tabs. I don't think of... I've ever massaged this arm area <laughs> yeah yeah it's um yeah it's like the uh, the um tip of the elbow to the back of the wrist all this area mm-hmm. um you'll start to feel like oh that's a sore place oh this other place is sore place and i may use the analogy of um, their browser tabs because um we keep them we keep the tension there because mm-hmm. we're uh, we think about grabbing something yeah. or holding something or putting pushing a button or typing, but we don't really think about lifting the fingers. Okay. Right, and so I mean, nor- not normally, and so they kind of get neglected and they start building tension. Okay. Yeah. 
I can feel the tightness for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Were you aware of that before? Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Right. <laughs> I was like, this doesn't feel tight at all. Yeah. 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 And but it does. Yeah. When that start building up, mm-hmm. then that informs your shoulder mm. that you're holding on something. Okay. And or you're carrying something, even though when you're not carrying anything. Yeah. And that tells the shoulder area as with this distributed intelligence uh, to be tighter so that uh, you protect your shoulder from getting pulled out from this additional weight that you're holding on. And suddenly you have a tight shoulder and a neck pain maybe, right? And, and we're using our hands quite a bit during the day, like exactly. computer mouse or lifting stuff up picking stuff up typing on screen it's not really relaxing the the hands much at all that's right or the arms i should say yeah so i think anybody can get a lot of relief um from massaging their uh forms you can use the edge of a, a rounded table you can use rounded edge of a chair okay you know uh, get creative all, yeah. all these things you can and follow the sensations of um, of uh, like oh that's a good massage you know follow that and that you can uh, extrapolate you, that's a skill like following those sensations you can follow that to start massaging anywhere in your body that yeah, feels good. That's great. Can you use a piece of wood, like something outside or without splinters, or is that <laughs> like, <laughs> like the bear rub on the yeah, yeah. on the tree trunk? Yeah. Um if it's um smooth and um Okay. Yeah, I, I think it's possible. Yeah. yeah. No one gets splinters out there, just definitely yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, no splinters. Watch, watch for the sharp edge of the, of the tree. <laughs> but thank and, you. And so the saps. Much. And, and the saps. Yeah, watch out yeah. for the saps. Unless you're trying to, like, you know, mine some maple syrup or something. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. thank you so much, Yang mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today for this episode of the Capital Integrative Health Podcast. A quick reminder that the information we share on this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only. It's not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We highly recommend that you speak to a qualified healthcare provider before making any medical or healthcare decisions. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a few moments to subscribe and leave us a review. Your reviews help us reach more people and continue to offer innovative insights and information to better optimize your health and wellness.